Clinician Insider is a bi-monthly series centering conversations within the clinical community that promote personal and professional growth. On this episode, Drs. Nisha Jelani and Elizabeth Perpetua discuss the challenges of balancing professional development with family time and self-care. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are the kids doing? They're doing great. I can't believe how fast they've been growing. I mean, Tell- 11 and 14. I was just going to ask that. Boys <laughs> or girls? Two boys. What two about boys. you? I have two girls, but younger than yours, four uh-huh. and two. Yeah. How's it been? You know, I have to say that it's some of the best times of my life, but at the same time, it's definitely a challenge it's to exhausting. kind of balance all the personal and professional work. Yeah. How for do you, sure. How do you see yourself? How do you do it? Because I know that there are some tricks that I've had over the last couple of years, and I think that that's what I keep, you know, sharing with people who are having kids in the same stage of life. So oh, what, do you, what do you tell people? Definitely. Well, I'd love to learn from yours as well. Yeah. You know, I think you've what been I doing found... it longer than I have. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the most important thing has been to, you know, draw upon colleagues who are actually going through the same issues and yeah. on the same journey, right? Absolutely. Because we're always trying to figure out how do we advance our careers and then not lose that time that we want with our kids and with yeah. our families. So just drawing upon their learnings, just like I'll Absolutely. ask. And then being able to really ask for help and doing that with family and friends who can really understand, you know, where we are at. And I think as there's more women in the field, it's been, it's, I feel like there's some tide that's been shifting, right? Mm -hmm. I I think even in the time that we've been doing this, like like in the last couple years, I feel like there's more women getting into cardiology. There's more talk about the struggles of, of what women go through and how you have to balance work life and which is kind of refreshing that people are talking about that. But I think what what's helped me is that I keep telling people, you just need to make, you need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so there's a time that I have to be at work, but then once that time is over, then I have to be present for my family. And I think that that's really, you know, setting those expectations and making it clear with the people that you work with and with your employers and, and just, you know, sort of with yourself, making peace with the fact that you're going to split yourself in half sometimes, but you just, yeah. you know, there's ways to make it work. Um, Those are great suggestions. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I really feel like it has been um, much more at the forefront how to make this really feasible because there's so much leadership and, you know, really a lot to offer that otherwise, if we don't set those clear boundaries and we're not drawing upon, you know, people to really um, respect those boundaries and also on ourselves, right, to own that. we're able to do more when we're able to make that very clear and do that together. I think that women always make, I think moms always make the best multitaskers, right? Because (laughs) there's, like I think all the time, what was I busy doing before Mm -hmm. I had kids? Or what was I busy doing when I had one kid? And then what was I busy doing? You know, so I think you get so good at multitasking that it's it's a part of like the mental load is sort of always with Mm. you, even when you're at work, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have to buy new clothes because all the socks don't fit anymore. And I have to, you know, sign up for summer camp and I have to fill out all those forms for the field trips. And like all those things that fall on women that go unnoticed and, mm-hmm. and not talked about and only other mothers understand. Um, I feel I almost feel like if we had more forums or you know communities where people could talk about stuff like this don't you? Um, I think that there's a lot more focus on women getting into the field of cardiology and all, all aspects of the field but yes. I almost think that there should be like a, a moms in cardiology you know. Um, uh, absolutely absolutely I feel that you know this visibility 
yeah. I think, and yeah. normalization yeah. of what we're really going through and, yeah. and learning from each other as to how you're managing it and having those forums to be able exactly. to just do that on a regular basis or to embed you know, what that means on our journey and how do I learn from you or yeah. how can I you know, help others along the way. And like owning the whole process of it, <laughs> yes. owning the, the journey, the yes. struggle. Yes. Um, so that you're never feeling guilty, right? Because yeah. that would be the word. Like, whenever I talk to trainees, especially, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that they're the most fearful about is starting a family, especially during training. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you hear these horror stories about people who get two weeks of maternity leave because mm -hmm. they had a baby when they were in residency. And, right. you know, it's just heartbreaking. And quite frankly, it should be illegal. Um, but I, I, I think that building a community of people who are talking about family planning um, during training and during having a career, early career, um, and just being very honest with employers and, and you know, sort of respecting that this is a part of life and mm -hmm. it's something that all people, like moms and dads, men and women, need to, to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, being a part of the conversation and then also including others yeah, in. exactly. Right, because I feel like. Without a stigma. Yes. Without, yep. Yes, I mean, I definitely feel like um, the more we're talking about it and yeah. the more that's transparent, what, you know, I mean, these tough decisions, when yeah. can I have kids, should I have right. kids, you know, and when I do, is it okay for me to ask for help or ask for time off? And and, and how much maternity leave do right. I ask for? Is it going to look bad? Should I feel bad? I'll tell you, even the site, so I had my first child when I was at the end of fellowship, mm -hmm. kind of right at the end of training mm -hmm. um, and before I began my career. So when I began my sure. career, I felt like I got a lot of well, she's a first-time mom, and she just had a baby, and she's new to our institution, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it was it was a nice transition in. It was a slow transition in. I had my second kid when I was already there for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and not to say that it wasn't as gentle of a transition. It never is. The second kid, it's almost like, well, you've done this before. You don't need any <laughs> right. coddling, but um, but it's more of a like how many months do you really need to take off? And it's not like, I'm not on vacation for three mm -hmm. months. I'm not, I, you know, this is not, this is work. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that even once they're older, even once you're back to work, that moms truly have two full-time jobs, right? Yes. You have a full-time job that you're present for, that you clock in and clock out for, and it's, you know, visible to the world and then there's the other full-time job that's at home and it doesn't mean that it's only moms right i think that there are certainly dads that are the primary parents in oh, certain yes. families and i think but it's it's just a general you know it, in the majority of, of uh, families it's it's the mom that holds that burden so I, I think that understanding the struggle and understanding how much goes into that um, is is such a huge deal mm -hmm. and something that i think a lot of people feel like they can't talk about openly and I really hope that conversations like this can change that. No, I, yeah. I hope so too, you yeah. know? And what I've found really is that um, just because it's the second kid or just because you've done it before yeah. or just because you've taken time off once, for whatever reason, as a woman in this field, it doesn't make it that much easier to no. ask again the next time. Yeah. I'm not all of a sudden the master of boundaries and right. making that really clear, you know? I'm yeah. not the master of figuring out how to balance my, my work life. Exactly. It is, there's, there's no end point of optimization for mm. my work-life balance. Exactly. <laughs> I'm always having to work at it. And, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, I, I was like you. I mean, I was in my training. I did my master's, had my first kid. I did my doctorate, had my second. Yeah. And um, being able to have those conversations yeah. and drawing upon, you know, people who've done it before, yeah. where then I don't need to give my second kid less of an experience of right. me being there exactly. as a mom exactly. just because I know, have you done know work before. needs me and yep. because I've done yep. it before. Exactly. So, so being able to be very authentic in those yeah. conversations and holding to, you know, what are my core values here? What do right, I want exactly. to give I want to do the exact same thing with each That's child. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's um, right. It's hard to be consistent, though, and to, to really, you know, yeah. um, 
to maintain what is really important yep. on a day-to-day. -day. Absolutely. And I think also, nobody tells you how much the role changes, right? <laughs> no, like nobody tells sure. you, you're like, oh, you're going to be, this is going to be really hard. And, but nobody tells you how much it changes. Like I oh, have, no. with, like the two-year-old was a sweetheart six months ago, and now mm -hmm. she's a terror. Mm -hmm. um, the cutest terror ever, but she's a terror. And the four-year-old was a terror for two years, and now she's like, the, the most mature four and a half year old, wow. you know, ever. And so it's just so funny how much the roles change and how much the children change mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and how each family is so individualized in what they need. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and not even that, it's also as the children age, like their needs are different. Mm -hmm. There's a time where for months or a year, or hopefully not longer than that, you're sleepless at night and yes. then all of a sudden they start sleeping, but the struggles during the day become so much more. They start moving and you're, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a lot. And I think talking Absolutely. about all those things, but like I never had, I don't know about you, but I never had anybody that was like, okay, this is what you need in your life right now. This mm -hmm. is how you have to structure your, your career and how you want to balance work and life. And then a year from now or two years from now, it's going to change. And then yes, once your kids yes. are in school, it's going to change again. And I think that's part of the conversation. I, I've never had, had anybody talk to me about that. I know? think it's starting, yeah. you know, those conversations, yeah. like what we're doing, you know, right yeah, now. I mean, exactly. even what my kids need at 11 or what they needed at one or four versus 14. Right. I always feel like just as soon as I had any, you know, indication that I was figuring it out better, yeah. then it all changed it again. All changes, yeah. <laughs> or work changed again. Or yeah. there was another therapy that was approved or another trial yeah. that we had to, you know, figure out how yeah. to enroll into. So, yeah. you know, I, I agree. I think it is these conversations because if we're not making it okay yep. to start having these conversations, they don't happen. Absolutely. And then it's not put upon you know, our organizations or to the culture yeah. that that's where that system change needs to be had. Exactly. Right? So we put so much of the change burden on, well, what am I going to do? And yeah. how am I going to do this? And I'm not saying don't own it, but I'm saying that we have to be partnered with by yeah. you know our workplaces, by each other, exactly. and, and that's really you know why I'm so glad to have the opportunity to talk like this with you. Yeah, yeah, me too. And so many people have said, and it's it rings true, that mothers who are super involved with their kids, mm. who mm -hmm. sacrifice or balance their work, like some people, myself included, work, do as much work as they need to mm -hmm. during the day, and then are very present in the afternoon after school. Like I wouldn't yes. be there with my kids. And mm -hmm. no matter how much help you have, there's a certain reward of being able to be there during dinner time, being oh, able bet. to do that, be there during that, maybe not every day, mm -hmm. but you know, as many times as you can. And then doing work at night, you know, mm -hmm. once the kids are asleep. And, and it makes for a very long work day yeah. that's just nonstop. But men who sort of do that balance, leave early to pick up their kid from school twice a week mm -hmm. are like, oh my God, you're the best dad ever. And this is so great, right? But when women right. do it, it's like, really? She's leaving early again. Uh -huh. You know, it's almost stigmatized. Absolutely, um, right. And I think that's what needs to change because mm -hmm. it can't be that men are glorified for it and women are made to feel mm -hmm. guilty about mm -hmm. it. Right, demoralized right. for it. Exactly. Right, exactly. Or even, you know, treated punitively, punitively for it. Exactly. And yeah. like you said, I think it is changing. I think that tide is shifting, but, um, but there's definitely, I think, strong women mm -hmm. who have gone through the journey need yeah. to really help the next generation and help you know the the trainees that are coming up so that there isn't that same I don't know. For me, it was a it was a nice transition because, you know, luckily I'm surrounded by great people at work mm -hmm. who are who are understanding. Um, but there is still there's there's still a little bit of an undertone that needs to go. You oh know? yeah, yeah. And and even from within, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. I think exactly. And maybe it is coming from me. Yeah. I, and from you from me and then also for each other you yeah. know when a woman is struggling or when a woman you know is trying to balance things and 
they might not ask for help, but even like you yeah. saying, hey, Liz, you know, what do you need right now? You look like, you know, yeah. like I did, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yesterday. So, you know, and, and just like extending that, yeah. that help and that grace to each other, because like you said, that stigmatization yeah. and um, really, you know, not making it okay to just be and do, yeah. you know, the, the things that are important to you and what you want for you and your family um, exactly. until you hear that sometimes or get that permission from somebody else like, oh, you know what, you need to go do that. Yeah. Like, that's important to you. And exactly. what I learned really is that, um, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, that's for my kids, you know, they, they, they really want this. What I learned is that a lot of the guilt and the issues that I struggled with in this work-life balance yeah. were because that was selfishly what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted that time with them. I wanted these memories. And I don't, I don't get that selfish. time back. Yeah, and you don't, don't get that time selfish. back. Yeah. And see, that what you just said, yeah. right? Uh, it's not selfish. It's important. That's part of you know what really uh, makes your life so meaningful. Just as right. much as your career makes life meaningful. Yeah. But hearing that, it's not selfish. Yeah. It's okay. You need to ask for no, these things. No. When your 11-year-old grows up, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to say, "My mom was a rock star at work, and that's why she missed all of <laughs> no. my soccer games or my baseball <laughs> sure. games." She's going to say, "She left early from work and mm -hmm. made it to every single one of my soccer that's games, right. or as many as she could." Right. And um, and that's what he's going to remember. Mm -hmm. You know. Whereas I think that. For, I think the selfish thing would be to prioritize, you know, to, to sort of, to not do what your heart's telling you is That's the right, right thing to do. Oh, absolutely um, right. So yeah, absolutely but right. I think conversations like this hopefully will con will continue to change, mm -hmm. uh, to change what's been going on. And I, I, I think it is. Um, medicine in, as a whole, and I think cardiology is, is growing and developing and becoming more um, uh, sensitive mm -hmm. and, um, and a part of the process um, of family planning because I think so many of these um, career transitions, most people in the beginning of their careers are also at the beginning stages of family planning. And, yes. and so the, the two coincide and it, it does, it causes a big internal struggle if you don't mm -hmm. have the external support. Right. And we'll lose so much of the richness of the conversation and the decision making that needs yep. to happen in healthcare if we're not at the table. Yeah. Right. That's and right. so whether it's a dinner table or, you know, the boardroom exactly. or, you know, wherever we need to be in the exam room or the cath lab yep. to be able to have these conversations. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Strengthen both sides. Yeah, Work. Absolutely. And yeah. Catch new episodes of Clinician Insider on the 15th and 30th of every month. Follow us on Twitter to join the conversation at Clinician Inside, and send us your topic suggestions at clinicianinsider at crf.org. Thanks for listening.